Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. All right, welcome everyone to the SEO Rockstars. This episode is originally airing on August 11th, 2015, and this is Chris Boggs. I'm the founder of Web Traffic Advisors and your SEO Rockstar, joined by Frank Watson, a.k.a. Aussie Webmaster. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm raring to go. We've got a bunch of things of interest to talk about this week. Outstanding. Those of you listening to us live, thank you. And don't forget to listen to us on iTunes and iHeartRadio. Today, we're going to talk first about an article from a good friend of ours that was published at Huffington Post Business, John Rampton. Uh, he published nine ways to make search nine ways search engine marketing is changing, and this was published on uh, July thirtieth. Search Metrics has uh, released an annual ranking factor studies since twenty twelve. This article has to do with some of John's findings based on the Search Metrics uh, t- uh, annual report titled SEO Ranking Factor Study. Number nine. Higher ranking positions, especially the top spot, are now reserved for shorter URLs. Yeah, I'd call it foul on that one right up the bat. I mean, while it may be the case that, you know, there, there are a lot of shorter URL, you know, domain names and, and URLs in a lot of those results, uh, you know, that's just way over the top. No, well, see, now the point is, is that, um, to be clear, I think that this is some correlation as well, right? First yeah. of all, home pages typically rank number one, and and the home page in relation to all the other URLs on every single website is the shortest URL, right? So you could interpret it that way, and I think that that's the way kind of John is going with it. So don't think that it's just because you have a short domain name that you're going to rank better. It's just that the study shows that typically home pages and shorter URLs do rank better. Now, at the long tail, I wouldn't be surprised to find that it's the opposite, right? Now, the average font size, number eight, for top ranking websites is 12 to 14 points. Point. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's just, you know, again, someone going, okay, let's go through and look at, you know, the fonts that are being used. I don't think it's because you're using 12 to 14 point that you rank better. Now, this ties into the readability, right? And this, it's a subject that people from SEO have been talking about in terms of what level of readability should your content be in order to match it to your user. Well, obviously now, people want 12 to 14 point. People like me, if I come to a website that's 10 point, it really kind of angers me because I'm getting old eyes. Yeah, but the, that's control plus, man. That's right, exactly. That's why I was just thinking control fast. Number seven, longer content has become an industry standard. The average word count in HTML has increased 25% since last year, and now top-ranking pages have an average of 1140 words per page. What do you think about this one, Frank? I find this one, again, a little hard to believe. 
I think that they're including all the link text, and there's so many sites now that have these top navigations with a hundred links under each category. To me, that's probably what's increasing that average. Yeah. Number six. Okay. There's a strong correlation between time spent on site to number of clicks. The strongest ranking websites will often yield longer visits. One good way of optimizing the time spent on a site is by leaving internal links, embedding videos, and posting long, quality, rich content. Okay. Uh, you know, but that sort of goes completely against the grain of the BuzzFeed uh, philosophy of make them click to see the next picture. You know, so they get on your site and all of a sudden there's 12 page views for one good. article. Now, good point. So does that mean that all those crap article sites that you see a million advertisements aren't going to rank well organically? I think that's it shows and that, that's, that there is a strong correlation, obviously, from that perspective probably for rankings of, uh, or non-rankings, unless you're talking about like searching for the, uh, the, the title of that particular article, like the 10 most amazing things that that girl did at the beach last week or something, you know, and then if you put that whole thing in, it's going to show up. But anyway, number five, backlinks are becoming less important, but they indicate why sites do well. For a long time, links, blah, blah. It's, it's uh, however, it's still a substantial ranking factor. Search metrics indicates that URLs that rank positions one to four usually have noticeably older backlinks, implying that older and more established sites rank highest. Yeah, I mean, but then again, older in the sense of, you know, are they authoritative? <clears throat> just because you've got, you know, in that case, I have a bunch of domains that, you know, I've just got maybe 50 words on that I've had for 10 years that I haven't got around to putting uh, more stuff on, if I p start putting links on those, they're going to have more value? Eh, I don't know. Okay. I think number four is one that we can agree with, and we said a number of times um, on SEO Rockstars in the past year, is that social signals indicate success. There is definitely a correlation between high-ranking pages and having tweets and, and so forth, but we don't know which yields to the other and vice versa, and we don't know for sure that it is uh, anything more than correlation. Some people like to argue otherwise, but I'd like to remain a little bit neutral on that one until I have definitive proof. Number three is te technical elements are important because they contribute to user experience. We just did a show that we recorded uh, for a future date, Frank, where I think we just hammered home that point, didn't we? Yeah, no, exactly. You, you definitely need to be aware of you know, the technical elements because they really do impact how the user experience is, and that whether it you know, decreases bounce rates, keeps you on a page longer, et cetera, et cetera, the way it looks. Yeah, the technical elements are very important. Well, listeners, just keep an ear open and keep your eyes on uh, webmasterradio.fm at our page, SEO Rockstars. We will have that episode out. It's about 35 ways to make your site search friendly before you hire an SEO. Uh, that should be airing in the next month or so. Um, number two, mobile searches are changing the game. Uh, that's a definite given. Yeah, exactly. Moot point, yes. Absolutely. Next. Quality content, not keywords, is king. That's great to know that search metrics uh, can tell that, too, because when you know you have a leading enterprise-type software that's just further validating that, uh, it's great to know, right? All right, Frank, we're going to take a break now, and we'll be right back with you on SEO Rockstars. Stay with us.
You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the SEO Rockstars. This episode is airing on the 11th of August. So the next topic we have is in regards to a study. Um, this was also published over at Search Engine Land, this time by Greg Sterling on August 5th, saying that non-mobile friendly sites are disappearing from the top Google results. As we know, there's been mobile Geddon, uh, which has certainly been hyped a lot this year, which was April 21st was the formal date. Uh, and we've been looking at um, the element and the number of pages that um, are ranking well for terms in the mobile environment does seem to grow. Uh, it, it, it is seeming to start for a long time – People were concerned that this mobile getting was nothing and that they had gone through a lot of efforts to make their sites mobile friendly. But in fact, now we're starting to see it start to take shape. The study tracked 1,000 e-commerce keywords across a range of industries and found that 83% of the time the top result was mobile friendly and 81% of the time the top three results were. This findings immediately raised the question, when and why is Google serving non-mobile-friendly results in that remaining 20% of the cases? So it's a very f- fascinating study, and I would recommend checking it out. 
while there has been some dispute and apparent variation in the impact of mobile Geddon, as written by Sterling, uh, it's beyond question that non-mobile-friendly sites in general are being negatively affected. So we've been talking about this now since April 21st, and it looks like we're finally starting to get some studies, Frank, that show that the mobile Geddon actually did happen. What are your thoughts on that? I'm seeing the same sort of thing. There is a, you know, a mobile side to the search results now that, you know, obviously the people that went and did the work <clears throat> are starting to see the rewards of it. Trying to reverse engineer the determining factors on the 20% or so that, you know, aren't topped with mobile friendly. You know, I mean, it just could be that they've been around longer, you know, the link factors and every other element of it just can't be overwhelmed by, you know, the value that uh, they see from the ones that are mobile friendly. You know, the better engagement, the, the statistics, obviously, that Google has for that, for those particular ones that are outranking the mobile friendly sites have got to be significant. And it is clever to try and want to, you know, reverse engineer them. All right. So if you haven't made your site mobile friendly yet, there's still time. On to the next topic. Over at the Search Engine Roundtable, we have Barry Schwartz covering Google trying local pack without Google Plus links. Now, recently, we've been showing and talking about the demise of Google Plus when it comes to Google Plus itself. Uh, they certainly are no longer going to become the Facebook killer that they once wanted to be. But I've maintained uh, my opinion that Google Plus is still an important player when it comes to identifying who you are and proving who you are and also showing what you're relevant to to Google directly, especially if you have a business entity or if you're someone that does public speaking or writing or is an expert in a particular place, it's a good way to connect all the dots for Google. Now, in the past months, we've seen Google testing removing Google Plus from a few places where they used to be a lot more uh, prominent, right? And one of them was the knowledge graph. And for me, well, that was one of the biggest arguments for Google Plus in 2014 and 2013 was that, hey, this is an opportunity for you as a brand to be able to speak directly to your audience that's searching for you within the knowledge graph by simply keeping your Google Plus profile updated with your latest messaging. So uh, we saw them pulling away from that. And in fact, just last week uh, and earlier this week, I did a couple searches for brands and I found that Google Plus um, latest post back in there in the knowledge graph. So it continues to be a volatile space. Uh, in this article, uh, they're trying the... Um, uh, the the local packs where you often were able to find the Google Plus page where you would then, if you were to do a search like Physical Therapy San Antonio, which is the example here, um, there used to be Google Plus page links right below the main domain so that you could go see the Google Plus uh, page. And, and often, if there was reviews, that's where the Google Plus uh, link was. Now, instead, you have no extra line underneath the green URL in the return. In this example, it's wegetyouhealthy.com. It used to have right below it two Google reviews dash Google Plus page. Now that's blank there. And then another one has just one Google review, and it doesn't say dash Google Plus page anymore. So for those of you that are monitoring the demise or continuing tumultuousness of Google+, here's another example. And at this point, I believe we're going to take a break. Frank, why don't you quickly give us a quick comment on Google+, and then we'll break out from that. 
they put a lot of time and effort. They built a lot of the tools and things that you needed to have these elements of Google+. And just because it isn't the Facebook killer, I mean, it had value. People are using it. And if they start dropping, you know, elements of it and complete areas of it, like, for example, the communities where, you know, you've got a lot of little communities of five or 10,000 people, some even under a thousand. Yeah, but they're they're involved with one another. And then you've got the real bigger ones that are at the hundreds of thousands. I'm sure there's a few out there with a million to particular topics, but I haven't searched. It'll be interesting if they drop those to just show you what Google values as far as in terms of engagement and terms of what we as users that they're trying to give a great experience to. How many people have to be using one of their things when you know for them not to drop it. All right, Frank, we're going to take a break now, and we'll be right back with you on SEO Rockstars. Stay with us. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. All right. Welcome back, everyone, for the last segment of SEO rock stars for this week. Thank you, as usual, for joining us. And don't forget to check us out at Twitter and at Facebook for SEO rock stars, all one word. Last couple topics we have, by the way, on the Google Plus thing, again, 
I'm curious, and, and I'm sure that Frank is as well, in terms of what is the continuing efficacy of putting uh, any effort into using Google+. So if you're seeing ideas and, and you're seeing any um, trends, don't, don't forget, again, to reach out to us through some of our social channels so that we can make sure to keep our, re- our listeners updated. Uh, our next topic is going to be about Google hiding Again, stating that they're not going to index dynamic content behind tabs. This is another kind of a topic that we wanted to revisit because it does come up every once in a while. And and especially since late 2014 when Google started saying that if you weren't going to show all the content directly to the user on the page and you were going to make them do some sort of an action like clicking on a tab or something like that to see it, um, they're uh, no longer going to be you know, treating it as part of the page and, in fact, stopped indexing it. So um, on, Ju- on July 27th, uh, Barry Schwartz wrote over at uh, the Search Engine Roundtable that Gary Illies, um, who's one of the prominent sort of replacements for Matt Cutts and uh, the Google world, um, went into Stack Overflow, which is a great uh, forum for uh, developers, saying that Google won't see the content behind tabs if the content under the tab is dynamically generated, uh, also not just hidden, right? So that means if you click on a tab, then the content first starts to be rendered, Google won't see it. So keep that in mind. It's one it's one thing having content that's on a tab and the fact that Google's not going to see it, but now there's sort of one more layer to it that if it's dynamically generated, it's not going to see it. I personally feel that, um, you know, we as SEOs have to now come up with another way to make sure uh, to satisfy the important balance between user experience and SEO friendliness, which means having rich content on a page versus the user experience side, especially like in retail, for example, of having having pictures, 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 and pretty pictures. Frank, what are your thoughts on that? As far as the dynamic goes, you know, a lot of the times dynamic is used to you know, create a shortcut in just developing things yourself and where it can pop up. Uh, in other words, what, where are you dynamically grabbing that stuff? If it's... Uh, Somewhere on your site, there's no reason why you, you, if it's already created, that you can just put it there. You know, you're just dynamically doing it based on, you know, the, the tab, the navigation tab changing. Yeah, you know, for a certain page, I don't know. I don't do it that way, so I'll pass it to the people that do, and I'm sure they have their reasons. Well, I agree. I think uh, you know, as usual. We, as SEOs, have to continue to find new ways to do things and and work hard. The last content we're going to cover today is from uh, Vertical Leap in the UK. And uh, they have a study um, also about the search engine ranking factors that we uh, started off on. And this is their coverage uh, of the search metrics ranking factors. Um, The highlights... Uh, talk about uh, the technical SEO ranking factors and the biggest mistake that website owners make is the failure to prioritize the technical health of their website. I again love to see this because <clears throat> for a long time I've uh, ballyhooed the importance of looking at technical as the basis of the hierarchy of importance. So uh, there's some great details in here talking about um, what, what you know is important to technical and why it's important. Uh, so key technical metrics to keep on top of, um, you know, you got to keep an eye on Google Search Console. 
Um, you got to do um, areas of improvement for your HTML, crawling indexation, a lot of stuff that we've talked about and that it's important and continues to be important. Uh, Frank, any thoughts on this technical SEO ranking factors from Vertical Leap? There isn't anything new in it, but it's a pretty good overview and it's a pretty good ch- checklist for you know the basics of what you need to do when you're developing a website for you know optimum accessibility for the search engines to come and, and love your stuff. So you know, I think it was it's pretty well done and worth reading. Okay, and the next part of this uh, study talks about um, the user experience. And here are the user-based takeaways that you need to know. Internal links are being used more frequently with top-performing website. This ties into providing greater depth of knowledge more effectively as well as the growth of content hubs. Makes sense. And obviously, if you are linking correctly within your website and sort of leading users down a path, you're probably going to see an increase in use of your internal links. The use of images within the top websites has increased also, and the provision of mixed content types is something widely recognized for improving content marketing, according to uh, the uh, Vertical Leap uh, gentleman, Lee Wilson. So, good point. And then there's a few more good points in terms of uh, the, the data there. In terms of content, Here are some actions to start improving the value derived from your website content today. Here we're seeing increased content depth. The average word count in the top 10 results is nearly 1,300. So in the last study that we talked about or the coverage of the study from John Rampton, he said 1140. Maybe that was in the top three. But this is really, to me, showing a pretty deep content, and I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, Frank, that seems a little bit off. What do you think about uh, the average word count in the top 10 results is nearly 1,300? Is it time for us to ignore our own gut feel and really believe that we need that much content? What are your thoughts? No, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think that uh, you, know, you, you provide enough content to answer what that page is supposed to be talking about. Sometimes it's going to be longer, and sometimes you, know, you may want to you know, create a sub-page that deals with something specific within the answer. But, I mean, the number saying that you should you know, have that many words, it, it's, it's too arbitrary. And, uh, you know, there are pages that ha- that get linked to that may only have 250 words, but they're, you know, a quote or a passage from something of importance. So, you know, that number being a hard sort of consideration, I, I don't believe is something you should worry about. So an interesting one that's in here also is websites are using what they call proof terms. These are the main topic terms required to easily understand a topic. So, for example, Google Penguin could include proof terms like Google, Penguin, and then algorithm and penalty, right? So I think that makes a lot of sense, and it has a lot to do with um, co-citation and what Google typically, when it looks at millions of documents, uh, the... um, the, the words that they find that are in common, you know, uh, other than the stop words like and or the or but or us or click here, but words that really make sense that tend to commonly get clustered together or maybe even less commonly but more commonly on higher ranking sites, it's important to look for these proof terms. I, I like the, the description of it as a proof term. It's a concept that we as SEOs have been thinking about for a long time though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's latent semantics. It's the association right. of particular terms. Like I always use this when I talk to my clients that 
if you're talking about Apple and there are mention of computers and laptops, obviously you're talking about Apple the company. If there's mentions of bananas and oranges, then you know it's about fruit. So there are those associative terms that you know people use in that case. So you know, I mean, that's a big consideration on how things are done. And now you've also got the fact that Google uh, recently uh, submitted a patent about ranking based on facts. So you know, that's always going to be an interesting one. I thought that was a joke. REL fact. No, it wasn't a joke. They actually did submit that. Interesting, because we, we, I think there was some some laughter in the chatter within the, in the, in the SEO industry about rel equals fact. Um, you know, oh, that part, yeah, but no, they were talking. Google actually has, you know, is working on an algorithm that's based on the citations of facts within a given page for you know its ranking value. You know, like the correctness of an address, the person's full name, you know, any other historical facts, because they are a data collector and they can go to a particular person's name, company name, a set of, you know, a phrase, and they can have all the things associated with it. So that, you know, and then, you know, they have that ability while they're going through it to check it off. Mm hmm. And we're going to end it off as we should any conversation about SEO and talking about the backlinks. Um, there's some interesting, and by the way, again, we're covering the article from uh, Lee Wilson at vertical-leap.uk, uh, which is Google search ranking factors revealed in the latest study. And the last part that he covers is backlinks. And so for the top performers, pages in the top 30 have substantially more backlinks. I guess that's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Top performing sites have more referring websites. So it's one thing having backlinks, but also the individual sites that are referring to you. Do those backlinks come from a greater number of websites or from a smaller number of websites? And then the keywords in the backlinks are fewer. I think this could be uh, a process of uh, SEO fixing, right? People that have gone out and done a lot of anchor text building in the 2000s and, and 2010s even, uh, not yeah, in the early 2010s, um, you know, have gone back and fixed some of their errors in terms of having tons of links with their top keyword as the anchor text. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they just the nature of the beast. You know, you had huge numbers of thinking, let's make this whole paragraph a link type deal because it's got some really good keywords in it. And, you know, now people realize that you know, the over-optimized they started to do a lot more just to the do domain name, you know, or the company name versus the domain if they're different. Uh, you know, those ones Google accepts as expects them to have more of those than a specific, you know, we sell green dresses type thing. <laughs> green dresses. Is that what you're thinking about, uh, Frank? You like green dresses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, folks, thank you for being with us today on the SEO Rockstars. Uh, this is Chris Boggs, and I'm with Frank Watson. And once again, uh, please do check us out at Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all the above. Share us, and thank you, and we'll see you next time on Rockstars. Have fun.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.